Hi everybody, Duncan Green here with the weekly roundup of posts on the From Poverty to Power blog. This is the third one and I'm beginning to detect signs that people are seeing this as an alternative to reading the posts. You can just get me to tell you what's in them, um, which of course I'm deeply shocked by. But hey, the customer is king, you decide. Okay, so this week's been a really interactive week, which is fantastic. So as I've moved around in London and Brussels and places, I've been immersed in this web of tweets and comments and sort of uh, conversation on the blog, which is one of the best things about being a blogger. So let me, let me talk you through, through the week. Um, so Monday we had um, uh, a bunch of my colleagues uh, reporting on a new Oxfam publication on business and the sustainable development goals. And the question they're asking is, okay, SDGs, the, a lot of big corporations are making a lot of noise about the SDGs. What's the substance? And the substance is pretty thin. Um, are they walking the talk? Not really. There is lots of talk. But what we're finding, and they sort of went through all the companies' um, SDG statements and so on, is a couple of things. One is they're cherry-picking between the SDGs, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but in my book anyway, but what they're doing is tending to, to, do, to take the things they're doing anyway and saying, oh, look, we're meeting the SDGs. So not much progress or not much, you know, it's the stuff they're already doing. Um, but also, interestingly, very little connection. Companies not making a connection between their SDG conversation and their human rights commitments. And so there's a sort of lack of joined up thinking, I think, in, uh, is what we're finding with, with, with large corporations. Tuesday, uh, I reported back on um, the conference I went to at the IDS a couple of weeks ago, which had me thinking about whether we've got awfully um, impoverished in our thinking on empowerment. The conference is part of this new research consortium called Action for, Encount uh, for, for Empowerment and Accountability. And people were reporting back on some really fascinating bits of research. So in Myanmar, people found what we found, this is Oxfam researchers, they're expecting to find people looking for accountability either from the state or from the ethnic armed, you know, the ethnic administrations in places where they're in charge. And what they actually found is people saying, well, we really just want to be left alone, that actually self-reliance is the best policy, the best aim if we want to actually lead a different uh, and a better life. In Mozambique, they did a, there was a really fascinating piece, piece of research, and I'm hoping to get a blog on this, looking at the lyrics of um, hip-hop artists, hip-hop musicians, and saying, what does this tell us about the nature of empowerment and resistance in Mozambique? Taken together, the conversations around those have me really thinking, because I think what we're finding there is that... Um, you can put it together and say that the way people seek power and seek sort of personal power within in these very dangerous, messy places is often in the private sphere. It's through humor, ridicule, um, uh, self-reliance. Uh, and that took me back to a, a book written by James Scott in the 80s, Weapons of the Weak, where he said, you know, we need to understand peasant resistance as something that happens often below the radar, not in the public space. It's a kind of, it's that sort of, you know, uh, passive, sullen kind of refusal to comply is actually a very important form of resistance. 
And I think we've lost sight of that. I think we've slipped into privileging, in a way, weapons of the strong. You know, in our mental world, what happens is that um, people who are mar marginalized, people who are excluded, people who are poor, get up, stand up, march into the square, start demanding things from their government, they vote, they make a big noise. These are all, in a way, weapons of the strong. They're things which expose you to risk. And in some of the places we're talking about, the risks are very severe indeed. So have we actually slipped into thinking about weapons of the strong and lost sight about weapons of the weak? And I think this is a particularly important issue in these uh, fragile and conflict states where getting it wrong actually means threat to life and limb. So um, really interesting sort of rethink coming out of that IDS conference for me. Uh, Wednesday we had the slightly delayed links I liked uh, roundup and the one that really got to me there, a fantastic piece of uh, investigative journalism by BBC Africa. They, there, there was some footage circulating on the uh, internet of a really nasty massacre. No one knew where it was, no one knew who was responsible, but you know, dozens of people were shot on camera. Um, and what BBC Africa did was just use these incredible range of digital tools. So they spotted the outline of a hill in the distance and then went on to Google Earth and eventually matched the hill. And they did the same thing with a bunch of other people. They used Facebook pages. They, they basically tracked down the culprits and those culprits are now uh, many of them being arrested. Um, so I think have a look at that as an example of what can be done if you're just really digital savvy and determined. Really great piece of work. On Thursday, I, I threw myself upon the mercy of the uh, FP2P readership. For a while now, I've been thinking about um, doing some work on positive deviance. So positive deviance is this idea that on any issue, there will always be a spread of behaviors, a spread of outcomes. You know, even if you're in a really poor place, not all the kids will be equally malnourished. Not all the women will suffer equal levels of violence, whatever it is. So what you do is instead of coming in with your project or instead of trying to measure the average, you say, where are the positive deviants, the positive outliers where the kids are not as hungry as they are everywhere else? And let's just go and look at those and see what we can learn from those and see if that, those behaviors can be spread in some way. Now, the reason I like it is uh, because it totally gets us away from this kind of we know best, either the white savior complex or the... the the, the sort of northern or international NGOs and aid businesses thinking that they have all the answers. And it replaces the project, which I'm increasingly skeptical of as a vehicle for bringing about change. And it's saying, look, the system will have found its own answers, maybe not total answers, but things which can improve people's lives. Let's go find them. So, yeah, it, the possibility is there that we could use that as an alternative to the project. So then the question is, well, if it's such a great idea, why has it not caught on? It's quite a minority pursuit. There's a thing called the Positive Deviance Initiative uh, in the US, but it, and it's really interesting and does great work, but it hasn't caught on in the mainstream aid business. So, so I was asking um, uh, people, you know, should, we, should we think about this? Should we think about a project on Positive Deviance? And uh, I mean, that raises some really interesting questions. So you know, would a project actually kill it? Would you projectize something which relies on answers bubbling up from below and being spread by social conversations? Would it kill it to turn it into a normal project format? Or could we actually say it's a form of due diligence? Whenever you start a new piece of work, a new topic, or go into a new area, the first thing you do is a positive deviant study to see where are the sources of, of hope and inspiration. 
Um, another critique I've had from people in Oxfam is, isn't this just accepting the status quo? You know, we talk a lot about transformative change, about changing the system. Isn't looking for the best bits of the existing system actually a step away from that? So the comments were great, and I urge you to go and look at the comments, even if you skip the post. But a couple of things that struck me from the, from the comments. One is a lot of people arguing in different ways that we're doing this anyway. And I think that's something which we'll have to take a look at. So people say, well, isn't this just a new way of describing what we do on looking for innovations? Somebody mentioned the integrity idol um, competition to find civil servants who are unusually honest. You know, there's a bunch of things which are loosely in the positive deviance camp. So if I'm going to work on this, I have to be very clear about what's new and what isn't new. And that was very useful. Um, a really nice example from Matt Greenall, who said, you know, he was asked by donors to go and find out why it's so hard for them to fund small and unregistered civil society organizations. And he flipped it and he said to them, well, I'll tell you what, why don't I just go and talk to some of the small and unregistered civil society organizations and ask them who are the best donors to work with? And that's, that's the kind of example of the mental somersault which they talk about in Positive Deviance, which I think could really open doors to new thinking and better ideas, because then you start finding out what works and not what doesn't work. So I got very excited by that. I'm, yeah, I'm still not sure whether I have the time to do this and whether the appetite is there, but it's, it's, it, was a, it was a good experience having that conversation. While all that was going on, um, I, was just, uh, I just sent out a tweet saying, you know, I really hate the word empowerment. What are people's candidates for the worst dev speak, aid speak words? And I got an absolute avalanche of replies. So I thought, okay, um, people aren't tired of this topic. It's not a new topic, but people aren't tired. Let's have a look. And so I put together their, their suggestions in a kind of A to Z of horrific language. You know, learnings is my personal pet hate. Impactful is right up there. But people also had... But those are more about, you know, massacring the language of Shakespeare. Other people had things with more of a political content, like capacity building it implies that people are just waiting there to have their capacity built. Uh, dreadful phrase. Um, empowerment, you know, we empower them. Well, no, that's not how it works. So I think there's mangling the language. There's sort of neo-colonial, um, a tacit neo-colonialism. There's lots of other reasons for objecting particular words. I particularly like Deborah Dwan's rule of thumb in the comments where she said, if you wouldn't use it about your own neighborhood or your own family, there's probably a reason why you shouldn't be using it when you talk about aid and development. And she gave a great example later on Twitter about, you know, my son is seeking a sustainable livelihood during the school holidays, which really sort of exposed the silliness of it. The Bible for all this conversation is Andrea Cornwall's book, Buzzwords and Fuzzwords. And I found out after I'd posted that um, actually uh, she's, I think she's updating it, which would be great. Anyway, I chose the 10 most egregious examples, the worst examples, stuck them in a, a poll, and we're now having a vote. And this was Friday's, uh, today's, um, sorry, yesterday's uh, tweet, uh, post. Um, and the front runners at the moment are The Field, which is just a silly term, uh, beneficiaries, which is massively patronizing. And yes, learnings. Learnings is in the top three, which I'm very excited about. So if you haven't voted yet, please go on there. Please vote for learnings because I really want to kill it off. And I'm thinking I might just sort of start a pledge site where you pledge not to use the top three, the three winners of this kind of vote of shame. Um, and we can start trying to clear up um, some of the atrocities committed in the name of the English language. So that's my week. Uh, have a good weekend, everybody, and uh, see you next week.